Parking yeah, I, lot OG Kush. I, Park, I, oh my god. <laughs> Woo, parking lot OG Kush. Right now I have <laughs> Island Sweet Skunk. That's the act that's the name. Uh, <laughs> okay. It is a vape. It's 82.06. Oh. It's on a sticker. Uh 82% oh, THC. Skunk. It's uh and it's yellow, Damn. so I think this is a sativa. Well, it's a vape. I mean, it's not you know, if you had an herb that was 80%, it'd be like Science has not created. That, no, that, <laughs> Pepper. I want you to say "Island Sweet Skunk" one more time. Island Sweet Skunk. Hmm. See, it sounds like a Chopin. Doesn't it sound like something <laughs> Chopin would write? Movement <laughs> to Island Mo- Sweet Skunk. Movement to exactly. Concerto for piano. <laughs> Zan, I, I I recently dropped off with you. Did I tell you what I dropped off with you? What's that? It's the name. It's the same name as that goddamn movie, Pineapple Express. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's like a famous one. Well, it's famous enough to name the fucking yeah, movie after one. it. Yeah. It's <laughs> yes. the one with the movie. Yeah, exactly. At this it's point, fun. weed strains are like craft beer names. They're like they've all been taken, so people are just trying. Like, ah, oh, fuck. What is not Clown Penis Dot Fart? That's my, <laughs> my the name of my. <laughs> we were just talking about that the other day. Clown the name of my beer. Penis. There's nothing left. Does everyone know that sketch? They're trying to get a website, and they're like, the only website left is clownpenis.fart. Old SNL <laughs> sketch, Chris Parnell. It's awesome. Uh. Clownpenis.fart. Clownpenis.fart. Is that the name of this episode? Clownpenis.fart? Yes. Uh, if they'll let us do it. To join our digital audience, where where can they go, Dragler? They can go to lastminutepolitics.com, and it's one of those link tree style sites or card or something where it's got all our links and stuff. It's got our email, the YouTube, the Podbean, the Spotify. We do are not we do Apple sponsors Crap? of any kind. We don't. They are the sponsors. If you want to be a, sp- it's like NPR, but there's no underwriters except for the, the the dollars per month given to us through Patreon. Do it. One dollar a month. Get you in here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also do things like socialist movie nights, which is us just watching stuff that has some kind of message. Whether or not we agree with it is a different matter. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of movies that are explicitly like anti-capitalist. There's really like three three big budget ones, at least. I'm sure there's tons of college like student films. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's like well, most of them, I would assume. <laughs> I do enjoy watching the movies where we don't in, like agree with the thing. It's like, okay, what were they trying to do here? <laughs> well, all right, so we recently watched The Last Supper, which was... Uh, put forward by Zanny, and oh my goodness, I had a great time. That is not a perfect movie by no. any stretch of the means. No, not at all. Like, is very <laughs> muddled and mixed at the end. You're like, okay, what's going on? Mm, uh, what? It's a movie I put in the category where it was an experience. It tried a bunch of things. Yes. To me, it most certainly did not stick the landing, which nope. is part of what makes it interesting for me. Absolutely. That's, that is why it's so interesting to me. It's like, why did Ron Perlman have to do this? Why, you, you know, like stuff like that. We have a guest with us for today's episode. We have Photons with a Z. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. I am living in the woods, loving every minute of it. Photons, do you have any idea what movie we're talking about? The Last Supper from the 90s. Uh, no, no clue. Is it like Meet the Feebles? <laughs> Describe it. You two know the movie way better than I do. Uh, imagine friends, but they kill people that they don't agree with. Is, a, is even it. a plot summary a spoiler? Like, I loved that <laughs> I had no idea what was happening. Like, until it started I happening mean, in the movie, I'm like, oh no, is this where we're going? Is Googling it cheating? You can Google know. it all if you it's... want at home, but I won't spoil it for people who don't want to. But watch it. It's it's an interesting movie that tries a bunch of fun things. And like, then it may they not don't be, know what to do. They, they yeah. don't know where to go with it. At least I wasn't bored. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> the worst thing a movie can be is boring. That's true. That's well, okay, it can be true. worse things than boring, but like from a true. how have I spent my time, boring is bad. Speaking We're of talking boring, about the 1995 adaptation of The Last Supper? It is nothing to do with Christ, but it does have yes. Ron Perlman, so that's probably it. <laughs> Ron Perlman plays a... <sighs> 
Would you even say a Rush Limbaugh type? Because he does say my friends yeah. a lot. Yeah. He's yes. supposed to be Rush Limbaugh, I think. It, Especially 90s. Very that's specifically who, yeah. Rush. A group of idealistic but frustrated liberals succumb to the temptation of murdering right-wing pundits for their political beliefs. There does that you sound go. right? All that right. is exactly, that is the one. Oh, Cameron Diaz is in it. I have to watch this now. It's, <laughs> it's something else, right? It's, it's like, like who the, the fuck, fuck are these people <laughs> featuring Ron Perlman this? and Cameron Diaz? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark Harmon's in it, too. Yeah. Mark Harmon's in it. Nora Dunn is in it. George Costanza. Oh, man. Yep. This oh, this the, looks like a winner in my book. The, the cameos are far better than the lead actors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, what it's the true. fuck? Bill Pullman's at the door? What's going on? Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton? Yeah, Bill Paxton. Oh, Bill Paxton, Paxton not, Bill Pullman. not Bill Pullman. You're sitting in the scene and you're like, all right, I'm starting to get used to this acting. And then some other actor will show up for one scene. And you go, oh, yeah, this is not good. <laughs> like, it ends up with this like wide swatch of skill levels. Like, and it's, it, 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 that becomes part of the fun, though. Like, it wasn't, it didn't, like, deal breaker the movie for me. It's, right, like I say, right. it's very interesting. I love watching, I very much enjoyed seeing the thing. Because it I swings you- between feeling like the taping of someone's, like, high school, or not even high school, like, community theater play, and then, like, Ron Perlman starts monologuing, and you're like, oh, shit, I forgot acting, like, this is the scale we're dealing on. <laughs> yeah. I find well, those. community theater plays can be good, just saying. You know, Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they're not necessarily even bad. It's just weird if you have... Have you ever seen, like, community theater or community choir band music? Whatever, like, local shit, and they'll have... There's, like, the one person where where they are that. I've been to see a couple of local bands where, like, solo... Like, jazz band-type situations, and they'll have a couple of solos, and then suddenly they'll hit, like, the second trumpet guy, and they just, like, blow the doors off, and you're like, oh, Jesus, what are you doing here? Like, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's my life, Pepper. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, you see that like every day. <laughs> well, not for the last year, but yeah, absolutely. It's it is crazy. Your second seat, and they're just like, "Oh, okay, this guy, he's coming up," and you go, "Oh, wow, all right." Well, like, why are why are you in this? Why band? are you here? <laughs> <laughs> we know photons. Uh, well, the way we met uh, was. They run uh, light lighting, audio, like all kinds of AV stuff at various conventions and events, but also fur cons. That's where I met them at. And so tell, tell us about what do you do as much as you feel comfortable saying on a podcast, at least. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am a academically trained professional mm. artist. So uh, <laughs> te- technically, I am a theatrical design technology person. So with a focus in lighting design, set design, and audio engineering, which means I, I do uh, theater stuff, basically. So, And when we uh, called you for the podcast, I didn't have to doubt, like, hey, do you know how to use a microphone? <laughs> I mean, you know, so, sometimes, you have it covered. Yeah, sometimes even I get a little confused when it comes to things, but, you know, you just muddle through. You just muddle through. That's the secret to life. So, yeah, uh, that's that's the day-to-day. Uh 2020 was uh, me living as a broadcaster. That was cool. Lots yeah, of live streaming. Because you were full. That's all live <laughs> event stuff. So like, what? Do you <laughs> yeah, not not a lot. Not a lot. It was. Uh, we built a uh, a studio in our studio. So we put up uh, a, a set essentially and did some uh, conventions that wanted to have a space to do live performances out of out of our our uh, our warehouse which was really nice cuz I didn't have to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you you're usually a travel person where you travel to the show like you don't just you uh when's the last time you got have you ever had a job where you got to just like sit at a theater for months? <laughs> Years? Not for, not for months, but for a few weeks. So, those are great. Uh I a lot of my background in like actual theater theater is with children's theater. So, I've worked for about I'm going to say five or six different uh, children's theater groups in my local area. And uh, at times they would, you know, because it's a nonprofit children's theater, they'll let you sit and uh, have the space for a little less than what would be for a normal touring performance company. So you have a little more... uh, a little more lead time, a little more leeway to sit and, and be there. And it's, it's really nice. You get to really enjoy and take your time and, and really put on something special for the kids. Hi, I'm Dragor, and you're listening to Last Minute Politics. With me today is Pepper Coyote. I'm Pepper. Zan. Hey, how's it going? 
And our guest, Photons with a Z. Hello. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about today, and I'm going to start with Pepper. And I'm going to start by asking Photons about their uh, recent life event. <laughs> I don't want to oh, like, yeah. spoiler alert the thing. Like, all right, okay, everyone. I, I'm an asshole because I had Photons on for Doom, so my brain is skipping ahead to like what has happened since then. And I'm like, oh, not everyone is caught up on that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so my partner and I, uh, we just had a little boy, and he is going to be six months old in about two weeks. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so how's that been? That's like a very recent development for you. Like, so yeah, it was it was really hard um, at first. So uh, our son was born uh, two months early. When my partner's water broke early, we had to go to the hospital right away, of course. So having a child during COVID was an experience I would never wish on anyone. Um, usually, cool. uh, even if your kid is early, you have all the support of family and friends and uh, everybody around. You know, people are bringing you things, taking care of you, being there to help out mom and dad. But uh, because of COVID, it was uh, basically you were allowed one person. So me <laughs> and yeah. my partner. Yeah, and and no one was allowed to come visit. No one was allowed up into the maternity ward. So it was uh, my partner and I for about about ten days in a ten by ten room, which was uh, it was it, it it helped our relationship a lot at the end. But it was definitely it was definitely very trying. So ten ten days just following one of the more uh, I mean to understate stressful experiences that humans can go through. Added on to global pandemic, <laughs> but hey, yeah. I mean, I, the good news is, to spoiler alert, everything turned out fine, and you, you, we've survived. Yes, yes, yeah. He's he's super healthy. Uh, so he was he was born kind of small, four pounds ten ounces, and then uh, now uh, six months later, he's like two pounds overweight. He's a chubster. It's awesome. Yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's super happy too. So we we couldn't be more proud. And he's a ginger too, Pep. So you'd love him. Well, we'll see. I'm that also stays. a ginger when I don't shave. Yay, <laughs> gingivitis! Right, a concealed <laughs> ginger. <laughs> you got a lot of ginger here. Everyone told me that my father's hair was red until he was like one or two, but there also is no hard evidence of that i don't think like no one has produced a picture at least as far as i can tell so i'm i'm curious i guess there's always a shot that like people's red hair can just go away even mine has darkened since i'm like no please that was a thing apparently with me i had red hair turned blonde and then dirty brown so yeah, yeah. right just that, that yeah. are we all gingers then talking no 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 at no, some I'm point just... Wow. Well, at some point, I guess, yeah. I'm reading Beastars, and the fucking wolf dude's fur just changes color, and I'm like, that's so unrealistic. I'm like, wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. No. <laughs> I know humans who just fucking change their hair colors. <laughs> well, are you? do you get more blonde in the summer too, Pep? Uh, it's hard to tell because I don't get the sun exposure because I just have to hide from the sun like a crab. Like a crab? What? <laughs> do crabs hide from the sun? <laughs> Why did I? <laughs> yeah, let's just say they do. Why not? It's because I'm red like a crab, I guess. I have to get away from the sun. Or I'm always wearing they hats. They come out and, for the and, crab and rage. Yeah, my freckles just get darker. So from a distance now, I yeah. look like I'm tan. And it's get uh, closer. As, yeah. Nope. As a, as a theater person in the summer, people are like, "My God, you're transparent." Do you go in the sun? And I go, no, uh-uh, never. <laughs> I don't want skin cancer, no. I'm going to stay away from the dang thing. We here have an agenda, and I would like to you, uh, to allow my agenda to drive my line of questioning because, hey, uh, this is last-minute politics, so having a... I know a ton of people in the world who just straight up have said, like, I won't be able to have a kid or that's out of the plans because of just what the economic and material conditions of living in America are right now. And I mm -hmm. want to sneak into that or roll into that, like the nougat of that, of me bringing that up is nougat. a lot of times we end up talking about, like, you go on the left or whatever, uh, it's kind of like lifestyle driven where it ends up being, oh, I want rights to live this way, to get away from what is usually considered traditional conservative nuclear family type life. It's usually also tied into that. But I want to make the point that even if you as an American want to have 
husband, wife, child, white picket fence, the conditions created under our economic system, under our current form of capitalism, also make that impossible for the same reasons. It's that because of where we are, it is extremely difficult to live what kind of life you want, unless the kind of life you want is you and three other roommates packed into an apartment going to work at Amazon every day. If that's the life you want, <laughs> it's very easy to live. That life is right well, there like, for you. <laughs> we know birth rates are falling here, and they're not falling just in the states or with the people who vote blue. It's falling universally. It's mm, people the just do you math. Go, like the less, pe- <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's not like this is a political thing or even a complete conscious choice. Like, the situation is seemingly being forced upon everyone. If you want to live the traditional American conservative lifestyle, family values, blah, blah, even doing that has been made nearly impossible for tons and tons of people, or at the very least, very difficult. You think that you would end up with this, like a, like a nanny state for like, oh, you have a kid with, like a straight couple with kid, here's just a bunch of free money. But we don't do that either. We don't help anyone <laughs> unless you're yeah. of a certain like richness or lucky enough that your job does the thing people with higher incomes tend to end up with those benefits but but i digress so mm-hmm. i guess uh photons the, the relevant information here is like wh- how has that been f- for you what can you speak of for this i know you have not had uh your son for very long but right. what's it been like well uh what so, help do you desire <laughs> uh i i would say that you know First off, I say thank goodness for the social safety net we do have here because, I mean, without it during the pandemic, um, for lack of better terms, I would have been fucked. So um, I also agree. Me yeah. too. But continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my wife and I, uh, we, we, we both lost. Uh, I mean, well, my partner lost her job. Uh, during the pandemic as well. So there was a while where it was, if if there would have been no safety net for us, we would have been, I mean, there would have been nothing. We would have had no income whatsoever. So it was real scary for a while. So thank mm-hmm. goodness for that. But, but what I've found so far, uh, having a child, is that there's no way, absolutely no way, with the two of us being employed, that we could have even afford daycare. With the two, I mean, you know, we're we're fairly well educated, you know, uh, white Americans, Caucasian mm-hmm. Americans, and even with our education and decent jobs, if we had to pay for childcare and didn't have family to rely on, and both didn't have jobs that said, "Yeah, sure, no problem, bring your kid to work," we would love that. You know, we're really lucky because of that. But if we didn't have that. And, you know, when we first started looking into daycare, we were looking at, you know, $500 to $1,000 plus a week. And, I mean, that's that's uh, pretty much close to what we were making. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, mm, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So we decided before we knew that uh, grandmas would help out and both of our jobs would say, yeah, sure, bring the kid in. Uh, and we both know that's really atypical uh, that we were, you know, uh, my partner was just going to not work. Um, and not because we want to live the traditional American, you know, white picket fence, mom stays at home. It was because... Single-income family. Yeah, exactly. Single-income family. It was it was because it didn't make any fiscal sense whatsoever to have her working. Um, and and now, you're in a situation where you're essentially the like the Ronald Reagan poster situation of like us and our we've we have our degrees and we are professionals working like full time and it's this is the situation still. Yeah, still exactly. Um, I mean the, the the inflation in comparison to the '70s is astronomical. Uh, I mean, if you look at the cost of everything and the way wages have just not kept up, I mean, there's just no way. Uh, not that I have any specifics on that. I'm just generalizing here. So, um, but what what we've run into is that you know, uh, without without help from our family, uh, and help from you know having uh, essentially sp- really lenient liberal specialized jobs where people go, yeah, no problem, you can bring the kiddo. 
there's there's just no way that we could uh i mean there's no way we could have afforded child care and still kept the lights on in the house we would have had to figure something else out you know move mm-hmm. in with with our parents or i mean and you know as a pushing 40 person i really don't want to do that i don't know about you guys <laughs> <laughs> all right the first planned topic uh pepper is just so wonderful and wants to take care <laughs> of everyone involved in our great equal representative democracy pepper what did you learn recently when you checked in on the senate democrats well it's hard to like take notes on this because it changes every day but i just want to bring up the thing i'm sure everyone's aware of but we keep hitting places in the senate where we're, the democrats are trying to do things and mm. let's track how they're going the biggest one most recently is the Biden infrastructure bill. And by the time this is edited, maybe things will have already changed. But we've gone from Biden says, okay, two point something trillion. And it's going to include not only infrastructure in the traditional sense, like water lines and pipes and bridges and roads, but also, uh, oh, look at this child care. <laughs> Government oh, yeah. paid for it. Government paid for childcare, things for like climate change, worker right things. Because he's arguing, look, we are the human infrastructure, and look, if you're gonna, and I agree, if you're gonna treat us like cogs in the machine, at least polish up your fucking cogs. Don't make them pay for their own. (laughs) Add oil, damn it! Exactly. Don't don't waste energy. (laughs) We need some help so we can keep cranking your fucking economy along for you. None of you do any work. So. The whole drama has been how can we got to eliminate the filibuster so we can shove through anything. Biden keeps saying, I don't want to blow over the filibuster because I want to get bipartisanship. And a lot of Democrats say they don't want to get rid of the filibuster. They'd rather do bipartisanship. So now we have the gut your bill of everything good to try to get it passed, to try to get Republicans to vote for it. And then zero Republicans vote for it anyway and then the Democrats yeah. pass the shit version of the bill with no with no Republican votes and that's seems to be the pattern and it's just repeating itself again so we started out with all those nice things I was talking about let me see I'm looking for these bu- I had some bullet points of like what they pulled back out it included uh, 300 you should have sent me the bullet points. 312. Well, it's, this should change every hour. 312 billion going to transportation, 109 billion into roads and bridges, 66 billion for uh, passenger and freight rail, 49 billion public transit. It says only 15 billion towards electrical vehicle infrastructure, electric buses, trains. And then it goes on to say stuff they pulled out would be uh, the child care and worker rights provisions. I uh, was talking about before. Essentially, the amount of spending was cut in more than half, if I'm not wrong. Well, and at this point, I have a fundamental problem with funding going anywhere because, as the key piece there, without worker protections and without increasing minimum wage, the abuse continues. It's going to create jobs, but it's not going to create livable ones. Hmm. So... What's the point? Biden acknowledged Thursday that to approve his plans to expand childcare and education, he will have to quote fight like heck, fight like heck, because they want to pass it through reconciliation. That's the that's what we're being fed right now is that no, we're going to do this compromise one with the Republicans, and then we're going to do all the rest of our shit through reconciliation. And I'm like, yeah, but they can hear you talking right now. So how does that plan work? <laughs> Like, I can hear you <laughs> talking right now. So they're just going to go. Well, why would we vote for that one? Because he said you're going to do the thing. Like. Why is he behaving like acting like he's dumb? And he knows this. Everybody fucking knows this. But they have to pretend that we don't get it. Get every Democrat to do it through reconciliation if it gets done. Uh, my party is divided, but my party's also rational, Biden said. If they can't get every single thing they want, but all they have in the bill before them is good, are they going to vote no? I don't think so. And I'm like, I would point to recent votes and say, uh, about two of them will, and you need every single one of them. So, ah, sorry, Zane, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just saying, like, basically restating what you're saying, in that how can you even claim to reach for bipartisanship when they don't vote for yeah, any of it. That's like, false. What the, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, just a it, farce. Yeah, absolutely. It is, like, you, yeah, it, it's beyond, like, being lied to. This is, this is why the term gaslit is mm-hmm. used a lot, especially, like, I learned about gaslighting through abusive relationships, and holy shit, my relationship with my goddamn government sure is abusive. <laughs> it's... Because, like, he's saying this full well knowing what's going to happen. It's beyond being lied to. It's being 
told what the situation is when it clearly won't be, and the entire media machine runs with it. How mm. do you combat that? Because, like, I, I recently expressed, Zan, I'm kind of curious, and Pepper and Photons too, when is recently a realization you had that you are, in fact, still susceptible to propaganda? Mine was, mm. I forget which bill it was at this point because it's been so much, but sometime around either the uh, not paying out the $2,000 for stimulus checks or another one that's just in... Uh, oh, minimum wage. It was an easy slam dunk, or no, not minimum wage, I'm sorry, uh, debt forgiveness. They, The Democrats argue, and Biden argued themselves out of doing anything, and I'm sitting there going, but I believed you when you said you want votes, and mm. it doesn't overall cost the private friends of yours money. You can just erase the federal debt, basically make a shit ton of Democrat voters for a very long time, and like directly... It doesn't take bipartisanship. You can just do this, make a shit ton of lives better, and get the votes you need in two years just solidified and done. Mm -hmm. And I bought into that what they want is that. And it isn't. <clears throat> mm -hmm. well, so like, that was a wake-up moment for me of, like, I, I bought into that propaganda. Photons, you're a person who is directly affected by the th one of the things they pulled out. Of we're all directly affected because they also pulled out a ton of climate change stuff. But we were just talking about how like insurmountable the bill to to pay for childcare is monthly for most people. Of you know, if you're making under six digits, you're probably <laughs> probably not going to pay for it. Mm. So like, what do you think? Because I mean. I don't know how you vote, but I assume you aren't a Trump voter. So, like, what do you think about this? How does uh, this... <laughs> I think it's just the way politics have been since, uh, since since the Obama era. I mean, if you look at what Obama did at the beginning of his presidency, trying to reach across the aisle when he had, you know, a uh, majority, and then as soon as he didn't have majority, he started going for the throat. I think there's a lot of... Uh, I mean, this might sound a little tinfoil hatty, but there's a lot of interests on both both parties that behooves them not to have any progress you know it's mm, like the mm -hmm. the status quo allows them to just keep making money as as politicians so uh i yeah. agree with you uh 100 that they're basically cutting all the good stuff out and leaving absolutely nothing but you know a watered down bill but yeah. at the same time I mean, where are we going with it? You know, is it is it going to be able to support people? I, I mean, I don't know. That's that's for, you know, I, I just yeah. don't know. One thing I was going to say is their primary goal is to get reelected. And a lot of times what that means is just reinforcing the same shit. And that's why we get the same shit, you know? So that's, that, yeah. The people yeah. who well, are very right. rich now make money on thing, on how things are now. So, so why would you change it? I guess my challenge to that is, and we've seen it, we saw it blatantly once before, uh, if the goal is to get reelected, even from establishment Democrats, they lose elections constantly, oh, and we saw it big time. time with, not just all the fucking <laughs> time, in particular I'm pointing out when the Tea Party movement happened, and then the, re the Republicans and the ruling, you know, the rich people co-opted that, and we're mm. watching it happen again in real time with all the QAnon stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So, like, this is why I'm... For when I say, like, I bought into propaganda in that they want to be reelected, I don't think that's true because they also don't do anything that, to me, as a layperson, watching elections happen and watching the party, like, I would say the Democrats shoot themselves in the foot, but they clearly don't see it that way because they don't change, right? So, like, my question, you know, Zan, do you have an experience like that? You know, it could be recently, it might be longer ago, where... You just had this gobsmacked realization of, well, I at least thought they would do insert thing here. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Um, ugh. I, I mean, everyone was disappointed by what Obama did, but or what accomplished. Even 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 when you look, when, even when you followed and saw all the obstruction along the way, we all saw that like a lot of, a lot of things could be done more than just waving like. Waving your hands and say, "Well, that's all we can do." Like you know, and, and and we're seeing a lot of that now, and that's why we're all fucking nervous now. Seeing 
the echoes of Obama and the, that's all we can do. And then <laughs> what that leads to. We've tried nothing and we're out of ideas. We've tried half measures and it just leads to some fascist asshole rising up again. Yeah. You essentially <laughs> so hope that the, these kind of things can shake people out of the cycle. Because it's, it's, I mean, the four of us saw the cycle we all were kind of there for it with obama because we're like, oh he's going to take away our gun debt and he's going to do this and that and then when that didn't happen and now like you said we're just seeing it happen again i don't know what makes some people see the pattern and decide to try to break out of it and all some right. people go just fully de defend every single thing that the democrats because i have a, several friends who will just repeat the talking points at me and they just fully yeah, are like yeah. yes that is there are simple reasons why they can not do the thing even though you are telling to me that that is wrong like they just don't they won't even hear it i <laughs> I'm hoping to a certain extent to admit to that means you are utterly helpless in a system that is not just comfortable with you dying, it's going to encourage suffering before you do. Well, yeah, I actually have a specific moment if we want to uh, talk about succumbing to propaganda, and that yeah. was uh, during the uh, Obama administration when he told everybody to go back to school. So I did. Mm. I went back to school, and I studied for the job that I already had to get a, a college education in it, and, you know, that that made me feel good. But, you know, when the pandemic happened, it really felt like a huge dick in the eye saying, oh, yeah, I you know that thing that, you know, the government said, go back and study so you can do it. Yeah, don't do that. Just don't don't do that. <laughs> so, I, I mean, obviously, there's reasons for safety and, and keeping people, you know, out of harm's way from a, a, a really contagious virus. But at the same time, it really did feel like, oh, okay, well, no, you, no, just don't, just don't. What we said, nah, uh-uh. It shows that the institutions just aren't there to help anybody. Or should I say, the institutions are there to help a very specific number of people. We all saw that yeah. article of these companies made these many billions right next to, and the general American public lost that same number of billion. Like, they just scooted it from the poor, desperate people who could not work and suddenly were forced to order shit online up to the couple of companies who just fortuitously owned all the, all the online infrastructure to make shit tons of money off of this. And this kind yep. of situation happened previously in America around, like, one of the, I think it was World War II, people who were profiteering off of uh, shit being, like, if something you is scarce because war, so then you just overcharged for it, or whatever the 1940s equivalent of Amazon shit, shittery was, they got ass-blasted afterwards by the government, though. They were, like, shut down, and, like, their company's gone. Like, not, like, a fine. They were dismantled as companies in retaliation for that in, like, the New Deal afterwards. That shit is absolutely not going to happen now. So no, nakedly, no, we're just looking at, wow, the government does not care. They've made it so you must work to live. And now that we're in a situation where you could not work, they did not, hey, man, we'll do you a solid and just like basically pay your salary till we're out of this. And the money they did give us is hugely successful. Like every economist is like, this was great. Like this definitely helped all of America and it was a great idea and we should do more of it. But Pepper, <laughs> they can't act like they could always do that. They can't, they have to act like yeah. this is a huge that, thing That means do. socialism is possible. I know, yeah. it's I mean, just UBI so overwhelmingly what? good. What other left ideas might have good effects on even the shitty cap, the number go up aspect? It's even good for that. <laughs> I'll tell you what propaganda I fell for is when I thought they'd just, like, get out the full checks and not just do some stupid math bullshit. To, like, <laughs> no, you just said the... Oh, fuck. You just <laughs> fucked it up. I couldn't believe they fucked that up a layup so hard. Is basically uh, it. Photons, did you get your Biden letter where they uh, explained to you, like a child, how they gave you $2,000 before? <laughs> uh, did you get that I did, letter? I got the Donald Trump one. Oh, I got a letter from Biden saying, you're welcome for the two grand, where it said, see, we sent you uh, 1200 and then somebody, you know, there were $600 <laughs> before, we won't talk about from where, and that plus that equals $2,000, you are welcome and There was a whole letter just telling me that. I <laughs> no, no, I, I never got that one. I didn't know that it even existed. Now I have to Google it. Who, the, who did it go to? It was like from the IRS. I'm like, why are you spending money on that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because because they they can't just that's something I always wonder is like all this money is spent on 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 uh, propaganda and 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 sending things out to people couldn't we just have that money 
Couldn't we just yeah, use just that for do other it. Things? Just send me the money. <laughs> well, that's that's like the healthcare conversation. It's like all this money we spend on the insurance companies. Couldn't they just spend that on the doctors? <laughs> well, we, yes. we knew we were in trouble with the insurance companies when Blue Cross went private. I mean, there was like as soon as Blue Cross stopped being a nonprofit, I was like, oh, this is gonna get fucking weird. <laughs> the reason we can't change is because the people who currently make shit tons of money, all the pharmaceutical people and people who make money off of how healthcare is don't want it to change, so it won't. People who make money off of how the prison system is don't want it to change, so it won't. And Democrat and Republican becomes like a, a it's, what does that even mean? They, they both keep that that way. They both want big, they both want prisons, they both want more cops, and they say that explicitly. So the only way I can get my mind to wrap around it is to get Marxy and remind myself, all right, Republicans and Democrats both represent bourgeois interest only. They only represent the interest of the owners, the people who are ruining the world, literally. <laughs> and they, yes. get, they get to keep it. Like, I don't know. That's I who they the represent. Democrats let, so, let the populist things slip out every once in a while. Like when it gets too overwhelming, that's about fucking it. Well, didn't didn't Trump run on a populist platform? Like technically, yeah. Well, obviously, he, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true, it's true. And he, he didn't yeah. deliver either. Well, speaking <laughs> was, about gaslighting, he, let's just leave that one. Yeah, right. Mainstream minute: gaslighting. Donald Rumsfeld is dead. Hooray! And we're gonna hear about how great he was. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, we're gonna hear, we're gonna like hear revisionist sad. histories of the Iraq War and the Bush administration. Just you wait. How many days till Biden calls him a patriot and a great man? <laughs> right? If oh, it hasn't happened worst. already yet, I'm sure probably, it will. He already tweeted that shit, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing, like, oh, my friend's on the right. What the fuck? Why? <laughs> Rumsfeld was, like, architect of the current ongoing various Middle East conflicts and all kinds of... He's, he's like, a The background. Wikipedia page describes him as... Uh, the most powerful Secretary of Defense to have happened, and it's like, eh. why do they name the damn Gross. thing that does the exact opposite of what the name is? Secretary that, of Defense. Well, We're gonna murder a bunch of Middle Eastern people. Dreger, we had the Department of War until the U.S. got mad about its image and changed it to the Department of Defense. That's a, or the the Interior, I think it's called now, right? That's the Department of Interior. Probably used to be the Department of so. War. It was just That's called amazing. the War Minister, and we had a War Minister, and they're like, uh, <laughs> George Carlin's rolling in his grave. <laughs> Been on the nose. <laughs> Give me simple direct language. Yeah, they want okay. to. Okay. Uh, I have the up. actual mainstream minute here that I do want to talk about. Uh, so, oh. the Bill Cosby ruling. Um, there's been so another the gut Bill reaction Cosby in a lot of people that there's a legal thing going on here. I am not a lawyer. As far as I'm aware, none of us on here are lawyers. So, what am I about to say are the things I have read through lawyer people on Twitter and other articles. So uh, Bill Cosby, something was like a thing was overturned and it ended up like not an outright acquittal or anything. But long story short, the evidence they used to put him away was given during a different thing going on where there was no like jail consequences going on. So there was basically a deal where he admitted to being a piece of shit, human garbage rapist. But the way the law is structured is such that if you're operating under that kind of deal, that can't subsequently be used to put you away. So it's like the Fifth Amendment thing of there is a context where you can say a thing that's essentially self-incriminating, but you are protected from that being used against you. That is why this happened. That it happened to someone who is a known and proven rapist is very unfortunate. Uh, it's the Twitter account Pope Hat that gave me the insight to this. It's that it's not that this conclusion happened is wrong. It's more that you have to have a shit ton of money and resources to be able to use it. There are countless people who are innocent in jail that could use this mechanism to be free, but do not have the resources to make it happen. Yeah. It's a way that the... the 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 bourgeois the ruling class which i know cosby like they you get to a point where like jay-z is not working class anymore he has a fucking empire lebron james started out by selling his labor but now he just owns things he is a brand bill cosby does he owns being bill cosby <laughs> he's like 
People yes. with enough you know, money. I'm not comfortable it. with that phrasing. Bill Cosby owns being Bill Cosby. Like, yes, he does. And that means he's a rapist. They're like, ew. Well, I mean, like, that's how he gets his money is by, like, yes. continued profit off of the thing. I don't know. But yeah, this it's almost like an inverse free Britney movement thing. Because you could say the exact same thing about her exploitation, but... Her, I believe, she is the the victim in this situation where the only right. reason anybody gets to hear about any of this is because she used to be the biggest pop star on the planet and has still had some, like, hits even in the last few years. So, luckily, she's getting some kind of attention. How many people are just trapped in our shitty legal system and can't buy their way out? The DA and mm. uh, the Cosby thing says, Cosby was found, it's just a good summary, like that. Cosby was found guilty by a jury and now goes free on a procedural issue that is irrelevant to the facts of the crime. Like, yep. Like, like Dragor said, I don't know the, the specifics, but that's it. They got out on a technicality that, that in no way was like he did less of a rape. Well, and like <laughs> the, the technicality really is fr- my understanding of the technicality is it's framed in that if you have a deal in terms of you are you are charged, you are going through court things and the state basically makes a promise and says to reach some kind of justice you are protected from X if you say Y. And he did, and then they, in a roundabout way, went back on that. So, like, regardless of whether the person is innocent or guilty, that's bad if they can just immediately turn around and go, ah, nope, fuck you, you said a thing, you're going to jail forever. Like, it, it's one of the it's kind of it's one of those where it's unfortunate that the worst of the worst is used as the test to bring light to the situation but that mechanism is a good thing to have the justice part is to get that in the hands of every single person who should have been freed already but hasn't been able to use it well it, it falls down to the to the laws for the not for me situation <laughs> I, I feel yeah mm-hmm yeah, as a if, as somebody if it requires money and oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was Dan. just say as as somebody who's actually met Bill Cosby uh, in a in a work <laughs> setting, uh, the guy was not kind. Just throwing that out there. Oh, no. That there are so many <laughs> stories of that. Yeah, he was a real, so, He's a weird control freak, rude dude. Just saying. Next thing, uh, Zanny, we have motherfucking statues. Motherfucking statues. <laughs> Look, the Democrats are getting something minute? done. Kind of. What, or what are the kids watching? Is that what we're going to call this? <laughs> it's a tweet from NBC News, and it is in the form of an update. U.S. House votes 285 to 120 to remove Confederate statues from public display in the Capitol, as well as the bust of Chief Justice Roger B. Taney, who wrote the 1857 Dred Scott decision. 67 Republicans joined Democrats to advance the bill. Ah. You want something done? Have we got a symbolic gesture for you? We're the Democrats and some Republicans. Photons, have you seen the Falcon and Winter Soldier miniseries? Yes. So, yes, this uh, all reminded me of uh, yes, no, Falcon actually. and Winter Soldier. I just had a kid. I see a lot of cartoons. So, <laughs> ask me about kind Disney of a cartoon. Plus. <laughs> Same, that's all I watch, but I still I don't have a child. <laughs> so, uh Zanny and I saw it. So, Zan, if you want to give, like, the context and summary oh, yeah. of what are the libs watching today. So, I I, I, I had to, and, and when I saw this news story, I, I had to think of Falcon and Winter Soldier because it all, it's always a symbolic gesture with the fucking statues. You, gotta, you take down statues, <laughs> you put up statues, you don't actually do anything, you just do some shit with statues. So, here in Falcon and Winter Soldier... Uh, let's just say someone was done wrong for a long time. Uh, what was it? What was the extent of, of what they did to him? I know 30 years in jail, right? Right. Uh, right uh not just jail, but, uh, tortured and experimented on basically yeah. spoilers, spoiler warning for Falcon and winter soldier. What, if for you fucking haven't Bucky? seen it, everybody knows Bucky's backstory, no, not <laughs> Bucky. It is discovered or revealed as a major plot point in this and makes oh. for the worst ending of anything I've seen that Ooh. there was a the first black super soldier oh. that was not only hidden, but was jailed and experimented on 
for 20, 30 years. Oh, are they doing like a which, Tuskegee which is, experiment parallel? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. so a super uh, a super soldier like Captain America style, but they're black, so they got Tuskegee experimented. Tuskegee yes. shit was when they intentionally infected a bunch of people with, uh, what was it, what venereal disease? It was an S- Syphilis. syphilis. They gave a bunch of black people syphilis and lied to them and said it was something else. And that went on for a real long time and only ended recently. Continue. So, Zan, what it, what is, how is that situation made right in Falcon and Winter Soldier? Basically, at the end, um, we, we, we see this right wrong, or wrong, well, yeah, right wronged. Uh, <laughs> we see this wrong righted, quote unquote, when we are brought. This person who's been, this been this has been done to. They give him a Chewbacca medal. Oh, <laughs> even worse, he gets a big fucking gold statue of like this is what this person did, and this is how awesome they were. They didn't like, like change a policy to make sure that thing would never happen nope, again. Nope, or nope, just a statue. <laughs> just this person uh, was yeah. awesome and sorry. No reparation. They didn't give him a big Nothing. ass check and all of his family members. Sand. What what are the antagonist group called in this series? <laughs> the Flag Smashers. What it, what is their mantra? What is their saying? Uh, w- one nation, one world, I believe, or some shit like one that. World, oh. One world, one, one world, one people. One world, one right. people. And, so oh, the bad oh, guys want peace they among hate, Earth. <laughs> they hate borders as well. They mentioned that right away. Oh, yeah. and, so being anti-border also makes you a villain. Okay. And their leader is Carly with a K, like Carly Marks. Carl E! <laughs> I swear to God that was intentional. Yes! I swear to fucking God. I'm so Here happy. comes Carly Marks. Wow. She's got red hair. All right, if, our, if Clown Penis Dot Fart doesn't work as a title... Carly Marks should be in our title somehow. M A R C K S. Carly Marks. It's the party to the people, guys. Come on. And I'm thinking of I Carly Marks. I Carly Marks. <laughs> Make that Photoshop for this. <laughs> Before we swing off uh, Winter Soldier too far, I just want to address the main thrust of the story is like. The blip is back, and we have all these resources. We, we're getting there, but just people have to be patient. <laughs> oh, not just that. Not just so, that. So, like, the key point, they don't show it, which, oh. you know, is obvious, but apparently during the fight... All right, so Thanos snaps, and half of all life in the universe vanishes, and then it's five years later when Tony Stark, the rich white man, undoes it. Um and what is conveyed in this show is during those five years, the world came together. People were taken care of. Borders were going away. Jesus. Paradise on Earth mm. was happening. And then half the people came back and all of these old power structures came back. What if that yeah. show was just that and then the bad part never happened? The other people came back and like, oh, wow, we changed all these policies so our world is more just. You get to live in it now. I'm like, cool. And then it's like, <laughs> end of show. Real quick. Yeah, but, but that would tell... <laughs> The entirety of you know, media's opiate of the masses population that you can, in fact, have a better world. So it just says overpopulation is, is the actual thing that's holding us back as a civil as a, a species. Really? That's what they went with? Like, actually, overpopulation is a problem. <laughs> they basically double downed on Thanos was right. Oh, my God. Hey, oh, just yeah. so listeners know, overpopulation is BS. They bring it up every couple of, like, decades. A new philosopher will have a big brain moment. Like, there's too many people. We should use that to kill everyone. Uh, but not me, though. Uh, never the person who says there's too many people. I can have as many kids as I want. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of weird things in this show about just, like, yeah, America, we did a lot of weird, bad shit. But, you know, we're trying. We, we're always doing the we, – we always try to – do the right thing or something. It was weird. It was like, yeah, but Captain America was really nice. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> hey, you have to have a roommate. Seem right. This shall not stand. <laughs> Overthrow the government. <laughs> <laughs> I preferred when people were just homeless. That was better. Yeah, those were better times. Simpler times. Oh better, God. simpler times. All right, I, I guess it'll be my topic. I thought we weren't going to have time for it, which is why I put mine last, but uh, fuck it. Here we go. Go for it. We constantly, everyone talks about the algorithm, us included, you know, in particular, the Twitter algorithm, the YouTube algorithm, uh, anything that has to do with search or suggestion. 
and is as terrible or as scary as that is as far as like bubbles and confirmation bias, you know, Facebook especially, uh, there are different applications of the algorithm that are even more nefarious. Uh, so algor- uh, Amazon, for their flex delivery workers, hires <laughs> and fires people based on an algorithm with little to no human intervention or oversight. Are you fucking kidding uh, me? I have this article me? from Engadget. I don't know if they're the ones that actually wrote it or if it's like a resourced thing, but I've got a couple of things I'm going to read from it here. Uh, so the system basically uses a weighted algorithm. The whole, the intent, if you're giving benefit of the doubt, is that based on the growth and shrinkage of delivery requirements in any particular area, you scale up and scale down your fleet as necessary to maintain your two-day delivery window. Hmm. Uh, but off. as part of doing that, you essentially have to have what's commonly called a fitness function a way to say, one, whether or not you need a worker or need to reduce a worker, and then two, how do you pick which workers? So uh, here are some examples of what happens in that. Uh, One worker said her rating, ranging from fantastic, great, fair, or at risk, fell after she was forced to halt deliveries due to a nail in her tire. She's succeeding in boosting it to great over the next several weeks but her account was eventually terminated for violating amazon's terms of service she contested the firing but the company wouldn't reinstate her another driver was unable to deliver packages to an apartment complex because it was closed with the gate locked and the residents wouldn't answer their phones in another building an amazon locker failed to open his rating also dropped and he spent six weeks trying to raise it only to be fired for falling falling below a prescribed level. If any driver feels wrongly terminated, they feel there's not much recourse, you have to pay $200 to dispute any termination, and many have said it's not worth the effort. Holy fuck. Yeah. We live in the dystopian present. It's (laughs) now. That's fucking crazy, man. It's right now. (laughs) It's all happening, and if we don't fucking form the line of the everyone versus the, like, six people doing this to us, (laughs) The fact that the biggest companies doing this in the algorithm is, like, horrifying, obviously. Yeah. So, I guess, as far as my topic to talk about, because we all agree and understand how fucking nightmarish it is, and short of a general strike and outright eliminating these things, here's here's my primary question for this topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, automation is not going away and is only going to continue to increase. And one of the things where automation can... Like, if we all had a safety net and working a flex job is just how you got added bonus benefits... This wouldn't be, be as fine. It wouldn't be <laughs> as big be like of a, a deal. lemonade. It would, stand. It would literally, literally be. I think Andrew Yang's hail mary is because he's a capitalist that saw the tea leaves and is like, "Listen, motherfucker, people are going to be out of work because of automation." Here, here it fucking comes. and they're going to kill you. They're going to pull yeah, you yeah. out of your mansion Basically. and fucking kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, before we get to socialism and a proper safety net, uh, my what-if question is, what if we apply what happened with consumer protections to uh, banking and credit agencies the same way to algorithms? What would change, or how would the algorithm change, and would it be okay or not if actual accountability were in play? So, I'll start. Let's say uh, Amazon, Google, everyone is allowed to continue to use their AI tool assists, which is really what they are. They're decision assistant makers, and sometimes they just let them do it. But what if you had serious repercussions if a fuck-up happens? What if every one of these people let go could contest for free, and it would cost more It would cost more to Amazon if they were let go unfairly than justly? Like... That's kind of the what if I wanted to play with. I don't want to like undercut the direction you're going. I want to let's do like one removal of situation just so I can apply this also to how I because I don't want to just say, well, in the future or in the civilization I want, these jobs wouldn't even exist and Amazon wouldn't even be a company because that's just like a non answer. So let me expand that to like this is 
an algorithm that does kind of man- management of people, if I can like yes. widen to that. Like personnel decisions, yes. who should be working where and when. Let's say we, we take yes. away the heinous you're fired because you lost a star because we're all living Black Mirror right now. Uh, <laughs> we'll take out that aspect and say it's just for like who goes to what job and that shit. I think at some point you you we are people and managing people needs to be done by people or I think weird creepy shit will just like start popping up. Even if we have a sufficiently advanced AI, if we're a human civilization, we need to be running it with humans. Like at what point you need to have some kind of, first of all, accountability. Uh, I think humans discount our ability to think creatively and deal with weird shit and our adaptiveness and stuff is like just discounted and underrated. I think you should have as many computer systems as you want for help up to a degree, but you got to have like a human sign off at the end of it. The buck must stop with a person. (laughs) Well, my question is whatever happened to ethics, you know, whatever happened to the ethics of people creating these systems? You know, like, uh, you know, our military is saying the future is algorithmic warfare. Like, do we, I mean, (laughs) in my opinion, that's fucking crazy. I don't want to live in, you know, 1984 and the Terminator combined, personally. That's just... You mean like an algorithm deciding where to bomb? Well, it's an algorithm choosing targets. Yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. So... It's it's a tough thing to say that... Because if the algorithm chooses to bomb the hospital, whose fault is it? (laughs) Pepper, it's a tough thing to say like everything should have a person behind it because every like little function it's little functions that become automated uh, uh, often like and, and that can often be a job it's weird and, and me and Dragger can see in our industry like entire positions are go away because of an like a uh, advanced in automation, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, secretaries and people who just, like, transcribe letters and typists and, and shit. And, uh, and uh, people would animate things by hand because you don't need to do oh, that yeah. shit anymore. <laughs> you just... Listen, like you, I like animating stuff by hand. Just saying. Oh, it looks great. But, you, uh, but there's a lot of workarounds is what done. I'm saying. <laughs> do exactly. <it> <laughs> like, no, I'm saying, like, we used to have riggers when you can just get and, like, bam, you have a script for that now. There was entire rigging departments that are gone now, like stuff like that. Yeah, and that's people that spent a significant amount of time learning, training for that and doing that. And you can't just, you know, oh, what are you going to do? Do the Obama and go back to school? We we have how many many examples of (sighs) that didn't work out? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you study theater, see how good you'll do. If you want, yeah. To make a like to connect algorithms and what Zane's talking about, if you want to think in a if you want to bend your mind a little bit, you can think of current big old gigantic blockbuster movies, the biggest of the big ones, are kind of designed algorithmically in a way. Oh, big time. Like <laughs> through the influence of focus groups, various uh sen- sensor laws they gotta like disco around, movies have been set into such a fucking mold now. You know what I mean? We're talking about the last suburb at the end of this. Compared to watching, like, I just am so Marvel fatigued now. I watched all the big ones, and I'm just like, it's done. I did the Thanos shit. That's over. I have no interest in watching more of this, at least for, like, a decade or something. But, like... Well, look what what Marvel has to do just so that shit sells in China or wherever, you know? It's just art by committee. I feel you could all say it's art by algorithm. Because you're taking economic algorithmic inputs, and then your movie comes out. If you're well, who are the people making? Who are the people on the committee? Even if it's not the algorithm, who are the people making the decision of what gets made, who gets cast, who approves scripts? It's not based it's not on artists necessarily. It's first, talent. it's people with money. Yeah, first. it's your producer, your studio head. What movie even gets made? What script even gets picked? There's just so many layers between. It's if even your an goal, automation of that, yeah. If your goal is only to make money, you're going to set your algorithm to fire and hire people by the by the minute, like a psycho would do, like a sociopath. <laughs> like a bat, we all recognize that as horrific. If the goal is to make money, though, that's logically where it's going to go. It's not that Amazon is uniquely evil. If it wasn't them, it'd be whoever has the most capital to make that shit happen next. It's yeah. going to happen if the machine is set up this way. If we live under the current economic system of capitalism, neoliberal capitalism, the kind that is endorsed by both Democrats and Republicans and and independents, as far as we can tell. Uh, that is what the machine will produce. 
It's like that uh, MIT guy that made the psychopath AI. I don't know if you guys remember that. Ooh, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, sure. he uh, he, uh, he fed it a bunch of stuff from Reddit and Twitter, <laughs> and it became an a- it became a psychopath. Like legitimized, they psychoanalyzed it and went, oh, it's a it's a psychopath for sure." Like screaming at people, just like yeah, exactly antisocial. But how much of that is because the algorithms that promote what ri- what content rises? Like that's not saying your average redditor is a psychopath. That's saying the system that Reddit and Twitter reward correct is psychopathic. Yeah, because capitalism is psychopathic. Correct. I think it's like a yeah. correlation thing. It's like, a it's a correlation exactly. Yeah, because they didn't set out to make the psycho one, but they did it in pursuit of uh, engagement, like advertisement driving and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Well, Reddit's yeah. a little bit less like that, but... <laughs> a little bit. No. You know what I'm saying. If yeah. you made a Twitter one, it'd be like that, or a Facebook one. Well, Reddit's wasn't there, more free. Wasn't there the AI that Microsoft made that they basically turned it into a racist they, psychopath They sent it to Twitter, well? and it was crazy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they made a bot off of people talking on Twitter, and it was like a raging racist. I mean, it's a computer, it's nothing, but that's the kind of stuff it would spit back out. Imagine if we algorithmically tried to design things for, like, human benefit. Like, if our medical systems, algorithms were all about, like, maximizing health <laughs> instead of, oh, minimize use of resources and maximize procedures that cost a lot of money. Get more full body scans. <laughs> <laughs> the big one that, like, people were, were saying, oh, IBM Watson was going to revolutionize medicine and... While I have studied algorithms and such, and I am not a a PhD AI researcher, uh, I feel like what they were aiming for was incorrect. I'm always going to, if there's ever something a person should do is always, always, always be inherently skeptical when any news outlet mentions AI, because (laughs) it's always presented as some kind of weird, mystical arcane invocation (laughs) of computers and that's just not what it is it's math it's statistics and math and Mm. a lot of these models that they make are reproducible which means it's not magic it means if you feed it the same fucking things it's going to largely spit out the same data so to me the the best thing someone can do is what did people end up using computers for? Like, what was the big thing that computers and computation changed? Math and number crunching. Mm-hmm. It automated a lot of the ta- very heavy time You couldn't even have a fucking calculator in math class at first, right? A, a computer well, used to be you a job. Teach- You'd be hired yes. as a computer. <laughs> you, yes. the person, would just do math. And so what... what Computer's best application is helping the human, is really what it boils down to. There are some problem spaces where the computer's answer is better than the human's because the computer runs through every option, whereas the human can't. But if there is no such scenario as running through every option, such as we have taken blood work and have these scans of a human, and because we have not solved the biological question of human... There's no such thing as running through all the options. There's only guesses and suggestions. So, like, Watson proclaimed, ah, Watson will diagnose things. That's a bad goal to me. The goal should be, Mm. can Watson give reports to doctors and help a doctor diagnose better? I still want the doctor being the one to do the diagnosing. I don't want an algorithm doing it. We don't have all the data. And that's I mean, why even I'm... if it's just keeping track of symptoms and which medications and which medications should not go with, like, that kind of shit. Background computations, checking things. Doctor, did you do this? Check yeah, check yes. <laughs> oh, checklists. Checklists save lives. Checklists are great. Photons, you were, you were, gonna, uh, you were saying something, say, I think? Well, I think that boils down to why we need to not be fighting wars with algorithms. That that I mean, wars are terrible to begin with, but but giving the you know kill command to a computer, I think just like you said, you know who bombed the hospital? Oh, it was the algorithm. You know these are having mm. that final human check is is the way that we can save humanity. I hope. Because even then, what it's, are you designing the algorithm checks for? In the face of algorithms that have stopped nuclear incidents. Right, exactly. Like, and it's like we learn nothing from it. The the, the <laughs> Russian, uh, the the. I'm trying to remember what year it was. It was in the 80s. Oh, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The the Russian incident where there was some sort of 
issue where they totally saw missiles incoming and they were going to launch and they mm-hmm. decided, nope, we're not going to do it. Not doing it. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're close enough to the end of the clock here. Let's, let's like, dial it back. That's what I got to say. I mean, that, that is why our podcast icon that Zanny made is yeah. specifically... <laughs> the Doomsday That's Clock. Right. It's the, the Doomsday, Doomsday Clock. Uh, we are out of time. Let's outro. Right. I'm Zanny the Blue. I'm Pepper Coyote. I'm Dragor. And I'm Photons. Bye! Bye! Bye.